Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen. Okay, here we go. It's BB Today, 96.3 News Radio, KKOB. Thanks for being with us. Brandon Vote producer, Amory Castillo, on this Wednesday. Appreciate you hanging out with us. And one thing we haven't talked a whole lot about, which is kind of sad because it's become commonplace, and that is the homicides. Uh, The homicides in the city of Albuquerque. We'll talk about it. We'll take your calls here, 505-243-3333. And... In other years, and we'll go through some of the numbers, too, uh, over the last, I mean, not historically, but over the last, you know, um, six or eight years, the, the homicide numbers in the city of Albuquerque, it wasn't that long ago, 2018, there were just 62 homicides in the city of Albuquerque. That wasn't ancient history. That was only that was five years ago, uh, 2018. This year, we're at 44, okay? And... It appears that for the first time in a few years, it looks like we're not on pace to set an all-time record, as we have done the last few years in the city of Albuquerque. Last year, we ended up with 121 homicides as we wrapped up 2022, another record-breaking year for homicides. This year, so far, just 44, uh, 44 in the city. Now, if we look at the homicides in Albuquerque one year ago, if we look at middle of June 2022, we we're already at 54. And um, APD wants to try to highlight this a little bit. And we'll take your calls, 505-243-3333. And this is a real delicate situation, too, because and uh, the APD needs to be very careful here about touting these numbers. Although better than it was last year and better than a few years ago or the last few years, as I mentioned, 62 homicides just five years ago. Now we're at 44. That's two-thirds of what we had just five years ago, and it's become commonplace. And maybe that's one of the things why it doesn't get the kind of news coverage that it once got is because we've had year after year of these record-breaking homicide numbers in the city of Albuquerque. In other bigger cities, they don't even really talk about the crime and the homicide because it has just become commonplace. And when I say commonplace, it's those cities that we're all thinking of that Albuquerque over the last couple of years has ended up on the list with those cities, with Detroit and Chicago and Baltimore and Washington, D.C. It's a big deal here 
because it used to not be like this. And I'm not talking about decades ago. It used to not be like this just a few years ago. And for the size of the city that Albuquerque is, these numbers were way out of whack. I mean, we shouldn't end up on a list with Baltimore uh, when it comes to, uh, to violent crime and homicides. But we have over the last few years. And APD needs to be very careful about this because it is a volatile situation. I mean, we're sitting at 44 homicides right now. However, that could, uh, it could explode, especially as we get into the summertime. Historically, not just in Albuquerque, but in other parts of the country, summertime means more shootings and in turn means more homicides. So it may be a little too early to start celebrating here, but APD uh, is highlighting this and looking at a decrease. And it's actually an eight-month decrease right now for the city of Albuquerque. My question to you is, what do you attribute this to? Again, we got to be careful because, you know, we may wake up tomorrow morning and there's a whole bunch more homicides. And, you know, in a few days, we're right on pace uh, for, for 121 like we were last year. But what do you attribute it to? At least right now, taking a snapshot of uh, the homicides as we're below the yearly average for homicides. But again, remember, we set that bar uh, pretty low over the last few years uh, in the city of Albuquerque. But what would you attribute that to? One thing is, it can't be the number of police, because that number hasn't changed. There has been some restructuring within APD, which I do think has helped. And we'll get into that and take your calls, 505-243-3333. But it was just last year, APD investigated it was 120 deaths bcso investigated 21 new mexico state police had a case and there was um uh well the the uh the campus shootout that uh, brandon travis died that was last year so that was handled by new mexico state police and for the 120 deaths the result of the homicide rate of 21 per 100,000 people in 2022 that was up 20 in 2021 when 114 murders occurred that were investigated across the city. If we go back in time just a little bit, 2019, Albuquerque had its highest total and uh, per capita rate to date with 81 homicides and a rate of 14 per 100,000 people. And last year, that number was at 121. The year before, 2021. Of course, these numbers will vary. I mean, I'm just kind of using what the media is saying. I know there's some other outlets out there that have been keeping track of this, and sometimes their numbers are, are a little higher, in some cases a little lower. But whatever the case is, let's not, you know, get into the weeds on the exact numbers. Let's look. I mean, they're high and have been high for uh, many years. 2021, 106. Last year was 121, uh, 2019, 80, okay? And that is when, I remember that year, 2019, that was when we really started to talk about this uh, with with the homicide numbers. Because as I mentioned, 2018, there, there were 62 homicides, and that was high. That was a little lower than what it was in 2017. 2017, uh, looks like 74 
and then after that, I mean, when you look at uh, the early part of the teens, you know, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, I mean, you're looking at in the 30s and 40s. I mean, we topped out at like 45 uh, back in 2015. Before that, in the 30s for homicides in the city of Albuquerque. And I think that that turning point was probably 2017. And then I remember, it was now four years ago, 2019, having this being a really big discussion. What's happening in Albuquerque? What's happened to our our, our, our little Western town out here? Uh, and and why have all these violent crimes and all these homicides happening? And it didn't stop. Did not stop. I mean, 2020, there was a little bit of a decrease, but over the last two years here, well over 100 homicides a year. And complacency sets in where people just kind of expect it. And complacency comes sets in for the media as well. Because when you look at uh, a five-year rate in all of these years, say in the future, you look at a five-year rate of homicides in Albuquerque and are all over 100 you just look at that as, well, that's just what it is. In the city of Albuquerque, we're going to get over 100 homicides a year. But you look at a 10-year snapshot, a 15-year snapshot, and you start to see, well, it wasn't that long ago when there was only 28 homicides in the city of Albuquerque. You know, and inside of 10 years, it was only 30. Eight, eight years ago, 30 homicides in the city of Albuquerque. Now you know we've got a problem. And uh, there is things that can be done like, uh, uh, that, that can mitigate this a bit. It does start with leadership, though. And from what we have seen from City Hall the last five years, it's been a blame game. We're not going to do what we need to to try to get these numbers down uh, or even attempt that. We're just going to say that's just the way it is now and get used to it. Uh, this is we're having this happen all over the country, and Albuquerque is no exception. The only problem with that argument that we have heard time and time again from City Hall is that we were more than the exception for for many years, and not just Albuquerque, but cities much like Albuquerque. You know, cities that were bigger uh, of, than us. I mean, there were cities out there that didn't have this type of crime problem, violent crime problem and didn't have this homicide issue. And Albuquerque was one of those cities, even though other cities the same size or a little larger, a little smaller, were struggling with it. So uh, so it's not like we were ahead of the trend. It's like we just caught up with the trend. And it doesn't have to be like that. 505-243-3333. Now, APD has their reasoning on why these homicide numbers have dropped a bit. It's really nothing to throw a parade over. But it has decreased a bit, about 8% or so uh, from where we were last year. APD has uh, their answer to why these things have dropped. I want to hear what yours is. We'll talk about why APD thinks that these uh, we've seen a decrease just a bit in homicides. Coming up next, you're on News Radio KKOB. All right, it's Brandon Vote, 96.3 News Radio KKOB. We're talking about the homicide numbers in the city of Albuquerque. And a little bit of good news. And you know that I'm all about little victories. And 44 right now, which is down a bit from last year. But, of course, this is a very volatile situation. You know, in a week from now, 
especially as the temperatures get up. Hope not, but there could be a rash of homicides, and we're right back on pace for 121. But we'll get to why APD thinks these numbers have dipped a bit uh, right after Jerry. Hey, Jerry, you're on News Radio KKOB. How's it going? How are you doing? Great. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> I was I was going to say that the bullets are so <laughs> expensive right now that nobody's shooting each other, but that's just a little joke. <laughs> the in- but the inflation has hit the uh, the bullets. So. Yeah. Um, no, but I I think um, you know during COVID there was a lot of newspaper articles that uh, even violent criminals were being released because of COVID because of not yeah. wanting other inmates to catch it. And now that COVID's kind of over, maybe the justice system is working better now as far as putting these people back in jail so they're not out on the streets causing these violent crimes. Mm-hmm. That could be one possibility. And I think also uh, I've seen a lot of small towns in New Mexico, and there's a lot of state uh, police presence. And I've been noticing that. If you watch YouTube videos, there's a lot of uh, lapel cams from uh, New Mexico cops, and, and they're, they're all yeah. – none of them are APD. They're all New Mexico state police officers uh, mm-hmm. taking care of a lot of stuff in Albuquerque. And usually they only do that when APD, uh, APD can't help uh, take care of themselves. Um, yeah. you know, that they're having to bring in another outside agency to come help them. Yeah, that's a good take, Jerry. I really appreciate that. And I'm glad you brought up that point because I have noticed that too in the city of Albuquerque with state police. I've seen a bigger presence of state police over the last year and a half than, than I've ever seen, really, uh, inside the city of Albuquerque. And I think that started uh, maybe about a year ago or a little less than, a little more than a year ago. Maybe summer, late summer, maybe uh, last year, uh, and of course that was that was an election year too. We needed to button up a little bit, or the the leadership in the state wanted to uh, try to try to button up a little bit for the election. And I think I think they've stayed, uh, and that may be uh, one of the reasons why. That's a that's a great uh, idea there, Jerry. Now one of the things that APD has said is. They've expanded their homicide unit to 16 current detectives. I remember um, last year sometime when we were talking about all the homicides, when we were in the middle of a, another record-breaking year last year, and we found out that there was only, it was a small, small number. It was like four or five full-time detectives that were they're on the case with the, uh, within the homicide unit shocking and even with this number of 16 i think that's that's a little low too but city hall's been promising us for six years that we're going to add to the numbers and elevate more people get more cops on the street we haven't seen that and we're not going to see that frankly but here is um, the story from kob and they talked to apd commander george vega about this and how now in the city of Albuquerque, we're down about 8% as far as homicides go since last year. Here's us from KOB TV. It was just something that I've always wanted to do. I always wanted to be a police officer. A 20-year career wasn't enough for George Vega. Chief Medina gave me another life, and uh, him and I discussed it, and I came back to the criminal investigations division. He says for the first time in a long time, homicides in Albuquerque... Are slowing down. As we stand right now, I feel like we're going in the right direction. But Last year at this time, 54 people had been killed in the city. This year, we're at 44. Commander Vega is looking at the last few months of last year and sees something positive. Once you're looking at an eight-month uh, decrease, which is, you know, 
Excellent. Albuquerque has set a record for homicides three of the past four years. 2020, the year we were all told to stay at home, is the exception. We're working smarter now. He says they identified last May and June as exceptionally violent. 15 homicides each month. Now, Vegas says, they're trying to increase their presence. We're running more operations now. More divisions are in communication on who's out and um, more targeted um, um, areas that we're looking at. Last month, APD detectives handled eight homicides. A couple of weeks will go by and we have maybe one homicide, but then you'll have a weekend like we did last weekend where you have you know, four cases that pop up. So far in June, we've had five homicide cases. The recent party where three teens were shot and killed counts as two cases. That's because police say one shooter was killed, so it's considered justifiable. And when we get through, you know, the summer months, let's see what worked and see what, what didn't. Vegas says expanding the homicide unit to 16 current detectives, growing the digital intelligence team, investments in technology, and adding victim advocates have all helped. Oh, and I would say the Albuquerque Police Department is more of a team now than, 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 than before. Tessa, as you know, the summer months can historically be really violent here. Yeah. But even back in 2020, uh, then we didn't set, that was the last time we did not set a record for homicides. Mm -hmm. At this time, we were six homicides behind back then. This year, we are now 10 behind the pace. Yeah. Uh, hopefully a sign of good things to come. Now, Vega does say that he's incredibly proud of the work APD detectives mm -hmm. are putting in. Uh, we're at about a 90% clearance rate, okay. uh, which is another big change that we've seen with the expansion of the homicide unit recently. It's interesting that case you brought up where the three teens were killed at that party. So again, it's two homicide cases considered because one of the teens that they said shot was killed in that gunfire. So do we have any other cases of similar circumstances where it's considered justifiable? Yeah, so that is exactly what APD classifies them as justifiable homicides okay. this year so far. APD is reporting we've already had six. We're only at the halfway point last okay. year. All of last year, we only had four. Okay, well, it's, it's difficult that we have to celebrate this. I mean, it should be a lot lower. And over the last few years, it should have been a lot lower. But it's movement in the right direction. And, and I'm not going to poo-poo that. Uh, one of the things, too, is with, uh, with some of the numbers, as you heard there in the story, you know, sometimes there's you know, somebody got killed, but if it's justifiable, it's not ruled, you know, a homicide. So that gets, I mean, it's still a dead body uh, that, that we have to deal with here in the city of Albuquerque. But what about that closing rate? And what are detectives doing to get some of these cases off the books? We'll talk about that next. All right, it's BV Today, 96.3 News Radio, KKOB. Thanks for being with us. Uh, City Hall, talking about these uh, numbers here, a slight decrease of about 8%. And it's all about how you work the numbers, too. We'll get to that in a second. But right now, they're using the number 44 as far as uh, homicides in the city of Albuquerque. Uh, last month, they, APD detectives handled eight homicides. Still not good, but it is better than that record-breaking year last year of 121. Now, what about the closing rate? Now, there was a, a lot made last year because they said, well, we've they, they arrested 100 people in connection with these murders. 
in connection with murders. I mean, they were very vague on which murders they were. And some of the people they arrested were for murders that happened long ago. Um, so you have to keep that in mind, too. But last year, detectives solved more cases than ever in a single year. Now, before you applaud that, keep in mind, we had more murders last year by far than any other year ever in the city of Albuquerque. So there was more opportunity to solve the crimes. Uh, they closed 69 cases in 2022 and 22 cases from previous years. But that's where everything kind of got muddled a bit because when we had the big press conference, they were like, I think that's 91. They had, well, we've, uh, we've um, closed 91 cases last year. Yeah, you closed 91 cases last year, but uh, 20% of those were from previous years, not last year. Uh, some of the cases involved multiple victims and suspects, and 14 of the offenders were charged in three cases. And that happens. The clearance rate ended up being 75% on the year without including 15 cases that were closed as justifiable homicides, including those cases. The rate was 94%. Now, the clearance rate had hovered between 51 and 62 since 2015. Again, before, you know, we throw a parade here, let's keep in mind uh, last year, they did do a good job of closing out some of these cases. However, before that, it was an atrocious rate. 51, I mean, they were, they were literally closing only about half of the cases that were coming in. And we've been breaking records for homicides in the city of Albuquerque for six years now. So uh, last year, Credit where credit's due, they did close a lot of cases, more so than they had in the past. But before that, just ridiculous. 51 to 62% of the cases since 2015. Also, I got this on the uh, email, bv at newsradiokqb.com from Nick. Um, how come the site shows there's been 60? Is the mayor playing with the numbers? All right. Now, what uh, Nick is referring to is ABQ Raw. And... As I mentioned, as we started talking about this uh, this afternoon, different sites will have different numbers. Even different media outlets will have different numbers. I mean, I've seen different numbers on in, in previous years, like uh, Albuquerque Journal will have a number, and then KOB TV would have a, have a different number. But Nick is right as far as, and there's other folks um, that are keeping track of this too that aren't quotational media. And ABQ Raw is one of those places, and they've been keeping track of this, and they say it's 60. They say that the, this is the we've, we're at 60 now for the metro area in 2023. And that might be also the definition of metro area, too. You know, if it's just outside the city limits, then it's a county thing. And APD or the city of Albuquerque is like, nope, not us. Not our job, walking away here, can't count that on ours. R regardless, I mean, these numbers are, are staggering if you look at the county. And really, I think that's where you get the true number and how dangerous a, a place is, is with the county. Because let's face it, I mean, Bernalillo County isn't uh, the, one of the larger counties. I mean, it is in population, but not as far as uh, uh, land mass goes. 
and you have one large city of you know over a million people that dominates it. You know, just because you're right outside the city limits and there's a homicide doesn't make your city any safer, right? So I think in the, in the future they'll never do this, but in the future I think that's where you would get a a better look at how dangerous a place is if you look at the full county numbers instead of just from the city. But that's a a good eye there by Nick to uh, to find that number because the city's saying 44 so far in 2023 and ABQ Raw for one has the number at 60. Uh, so different sites will have different numbers regardless you know things uh, we're, we're not turning it back at least uh, this time around not to say that we can't because just a few years ago 8 years ago there were 30 homicides in the city of Albuquerque I mean it's crazy to think about right yeah, we can't get a hold on this thing because it hasn't been out of control for that long. Now, the longer we let it continue to get out of control, the harder it will be to turn it back. But there is a, there is an opportunity there. All right, 505-243-3333, number to get in. Uh, coming up after the news at 2 o'clock, Harlan Vincent is going to be with us. He's a state representative. Yesterday we were talking a little bit about uh, the, the petition with the some of the bills that were passed into Roundhouse, in particular, the reproductive and gender-affirming care. And that was House Bill 7. And this has gotten kind of confusing for people on really what they meant by this. And we'll talk to State Representative about that. And uh, the, the, the petition that's trying to get off the ground to try to get some of these laws off the books, although it's going to be an uphill battle. We'll talk to him about that coming up after the news at 2 o'clock. Also, coming up next... After Trump was in in court yesterday and pleaded not guilty, he went after uh, the special counsel, Jack Smith, in a campaign rally last night. We'll talk about that next. 863 News Radio, KKOB, thanks for being with us. We're going to talk a little bit about that bill, the very controversial reproductive and gender-affirming care bill that uh, went into effect in New Mexico this year with State Representative Harlan Vincent coming up after the news at 2 o'clock. But yesterday, big day in, in American history, as we had a former president in court. He pled not guilty to 37 counts in this indictment brought to him with a special counsel, Jack Smith. And this goes into the handling of classified materials before he left office. And as I have said, with um, uh, any public official, whether it's Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or whoever it was, if crimes are broken. And then, of course, we're a nation of due process, so we'll have to go through that. Um, I mean, you have to pay for it. And we can't pick and choose based on political ideology um, who gets punished and who doesn't get punished. That's not the society. That's not the country that we live in. Okay? So if it's if it's proven that Donald Trump did something wrong here, broke the law, he has to, to answer for that. Now, the, what with some of these charges, though, pretty ridiculous. Uh, most reasonable people would agree, especially with uh, this uh, Department of Justice indictment alleging he violated both the Espionage Act and obstructed justice in taking classified records from his presidency and then refusing to return them. Now, the Espionage Act, 
you know, let's let's be real here. You know, if 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 you think you got a case, uh, and that's why one of the reasons why there's 37 counts because they just throw everything in the kitchen sink. That's what they do. That's what the feds do when they try to want to get somebody on something. So they just throw everything at them. And we saw the same thing uh, with the, uh, the the New York case uh, that Trump's involved in too. Um, but espionage, you know, let's let's get real. If if Donald Trump wanted to do real harm to this country, the four years he was president, he could have done that, right? Um, so uh, espionage, uh, whatever. And, and this is one of the problems that prosecutors make is they they overshoot it, they put too much on it, and for as much as the left doesn't want to see this guy in office again, they're doing a heck of a job propping him up and making him a victim and making him a sympathetic figure. Uh, because if they would have just left him alone, it may have just, uh, his political future may have just died on the vine. Who knows? With, with one of the upstarts that's running for, for the Republican nomination. But just fueling this again just makes him more strong. So after Trump was at the um, in Miami to stand for the federal charges, at least enter his plea of not guilty, he went back to New Jersey. And he did a little campaign rally last night. And here's a here's a little bit of what he had to say. In in this, you'll hear him try to positioning this in the campaign because honestly, politically speaking, this is a gift. That, that he was given from the left because he gets to play the victim card now. Here's a little bit of Donald Trump from last night in New Jersey. When you arrest your leading political opponent, we no longer have a democracy. When people are allowed to pour through our open borders and our elections are rigged, our country is in very serious trouble. When inflation is allowed to rage, when energy independence and dominance we had independence and dominance we were going to be soon very very dominant within six months we're going to dominate the whole world with energy make a fortune we were going to be paying off debt and lowering taxes at a level that nobody's ever seen and they came in and they ended it but when that's taken away from us when interest rates and taxes spiral upward in an uncontrolled way when murders are allowed to roam, murderers, these are horrible killers, murderers are allowed to roam the streets of our Democrat-run cities unchecked. But the incompetent district attorney in New York indicts Trump for a crime that everybody agrees, every pundit, everybody, there is no crime. But murderers go out and nobody ever even comes and knocks on their door and they know they're there and they know their rooms and they know their locations and they're roaming our cities all over. And some of them are coming in right now through our borders. But then you have a nation that, as we are, is in serious, serious decline. We have a nation in serious decline. If the communists get away with this, it won't stop with me. They will not hesitate to ramp up their persecution of Christians, pro-life activists, parents attending school board meetings, and even future Republican candidates, which they do. We must end it permanently, and we must end it immediately. All right, we got vintage Trump there. I mean, and a gift that was given to him by what happened in New York, as he referenced that, and also with special counsel Jack Smith, making him a victim again. And then he uses that position to say, 
you know, if they're doing this to me, they'll do it to you. And this could this is going to end up being the left's worst nightmare because you've got Republicans that may have moved off of Trump. Maybe it's like, ah, let me get the tires on Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or somebody else. Or, you know, maybe I don't want the circus with Trump anymore. Then you got this happen where he's charged with espionage for crying out loud. And then you've got people saying, nope, you know what? He's right. He didn't deserve that. I'm back on the Trump train. And guess what's going to happen? Going to end up with the nomination. And uh, you never count out somebody that has has won. Uh, and, and Donald Trump has done it before. One thing interesting, too, I noticed was Ken Buck. He is a conservative uh, representative from our uh, neighboring state of Colorado. I've had him on a couple of times. I think it was when I was uh, on at night, the old BV Tonight. But um, he said Tuesday, which I thought was interesting, that the public would need to see the evidence for the case against Trump and it's presented and what his defense is going to be. But he also said he would not feel comfortable supporting someone who had been convicted of a felony for president. And that comes from one of the more conservative members and one of the biggest Trump supporters in the House. And that's uh, Ken Buck of, of Colorado. And he's saying, well, if he gets convicted and he's a felon, um, I, I can't support him. Although convicted or not, uh, whether he's convicted or not, it doesn't matter. He can continue to run for president. That's not going to stop anything. But I thought it was interesting that you had uh, one very vocal Trump supporter, as far as uh, Kim Buck is concerned, say, well, if, and of course, this is going to take years to play out. I mean, this thing may not be done until if Trump gets elected and can serve out uh, another term, and this thing still may not be uh, finished yet in any way. But I thought it was interesting, Ken Buck, uh, speaking out like that. All right, uh, coming up next hour, Representative Harlan Vincent will talk about the very controversial reproductive and gender-affirming care bill that's now uh, law here in the state of New Mexico. 96.3 News Radio, KKOB, Harlan Vincent, state rep, is going to be with us uh, coming up after the news at 2 o'clock. I got this on an email from J.H., and I'm glad you sent it to me. It... Um, says, Brandon, I think you provided 21 per 100,000 as Albuquerque's 22 rate. When we were talking about the, the homicide numbers. Yeah, that was what we got, 21 per 100,000 people. So here's some of the competitors that J.H. found. Chicago, 25 per 100,000 people. Denver, 10 per 100,000. And New York City, New York City, 5 per 100,000. Also, to the even looking at, I'm glad you brought that up, JH, because I had this for you. Looking at the stats, Denver's police department reported an 8% decrease in homicides. El Paso, a 28% decrease in homicides for the year 2022. Not just a snapshot of a couple of months, but for the whole year, Denver dropped 8%, and El Paso to our south dropped 28%. Now, what's going on there? Albuquerque in the middle, uh, still having trouble and still a rising homicide rate, although it has decreased a bit over the last uh, eight months or so. All right. Uh, coming up next hour, we're going to talk a little bit about gender affirming care. Very controversial. Became law here in the uh, 
state of New Mexico. And one of the things we'll ask uh, Harlan Vincent about is they did the abortion and the gender affirming care act as one bill instead of separating the two. I think there was a reason why they did that, especially here in New Mexico. We'll talk to him about that next on News Radio KQB. Fighting for New Mexicans for over one. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 